Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. It's a given we live in uncertain times. But we believe, we believe even in this, God is working his plan. The last day winds are blowing. Wind, you can't see it, Jesus said. You can hear it, the rustling sound it prompts in the leaves of a tree. You can feel it, the movement it makes in the blowing branches. Winds and trees, these two things have long been associated, and there's a deeply spiritual significance to them. For example, Adam and Eve knew that it was time to meet with God. His voice was indicated by the evening breeze that blew through the garden. What about David? When the Philistines came to fight a second time, he was told, wait. Wait in the grove of trees until you hear the sound of rustling in the tree branches. Then you know that God is going before you. Wind and trees. When we know that is indicative of God in Scripture, Ruach, That's the breath or the spirit of God, but it's also the wind in Hebrew that God breathed and Adam became a living soul. Pneuma, that's breath, spirit, wind in the Greek that Jesus breathed on his disciples to receive the Holy Spirit. The breath is the wind of God that fell in that upper room. Jesus compared his spirit with the wind blowing through the branches. So the component of wind is comparable to God. And trees, well, that's you and me. Psalm 1 is one of our favorite psalms. The righteous man is compared to a tree planted by the waters. Jeremiah 17 is the same. The righteous man is compared to a tree planted by rivers of water. The 92nd Psalm, the righteous are compared to an overcoming palm tree. We are compared in the Bible to cedar trees, olive trees, all evergreens, all green and growing. The man Jesus touched said, I see men as trees. So wind, well, that's like God. Unseen yet felt, heard and experienced and trees so much like mankind. And with that basic understanding, we go to the life of Joseph And Joseph will answer an age-old question for each of us. Are the winds that blow into our lives, are they a blessing or are they a curse? Do they help us? Do they hinder us? Joseph experienced great loss in his life, the loss of his mother Rachel at an early age, the loss of the love of his brethren, the loss of homeland and security, the loss of freedom he was sold into slavery. The loss of reputation he was lied on. In his dying words, Daddy Jacob said, Joseph, you are like a tree. Remember, Joseph is the Jesus of the Old Testament, and his life proclaimed by his father was to be like a growing tree. And in the same sense, you and I can't think of Jesus today without thinking of a tree, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like that old song by Isaac Watts, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on my pride. Yes, 
it is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, that cruel and rugged tree that we see the glory of God on display. There is something so beautiful. There is something so majestic about comparing the human life to a tree. Daddy Jacob, in his dying words, said, Joseph, you're like a tree. And when we see that tree, we're pointing to Calvary. The winds blew into Joseph's life. They shook him. Gale force winds, stripping leaves, stripping rank, exchanging one coat of foliage for another, shaping him. Did they bless him or did they blast him? Were they the friend of Joseph or the enemy? You might could say a little of both. Think of it in our lives. Winds can be a blessing. They fill the sails of ships and carry them afar. They turn windmills, pumping water and bringing life. They turn the giant wind turbines, dotting the landscape that create electricity. Yes, winds can be a blessing, but winds can also be a curse. The storms, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, winds blowing at immense velocity, winds whipping fire to do greater damage. Winds can be hurtful and damaging. Paul's ship was blown 14 days by a strong wind across the sea and it crashed upon the rocks. Dust storms and the dust bowl were prompted by winds a hundred years ago. When God permits the wind to blow against the tree of our lives, you have to know it's for a purpose. It's not random. It's not merely meteorological. That God is bringing a wind of adversity against you to shape you and to prepare you to mature you, to grow you into the person that God wants you to be. All of the winds were not a curse in Joseph's life. They were sent by God to prepare him, to save his family, to save Egypt, to work God's mighty plan. We sometimes think life would be so much better without so much wind. But if you're going to succeed in life, you need that tension If you're going to triumph in life, you need a worthy adversary and opponent. You need someone who stretches you, aggravates you, annoys you, probes you, accuses you. In the book that I wrote years ago, Point of Low Points, I talked about trees without wind. What happens to a tree when there is no wind? Years ago, the biosphere was built in Arizona. It was an experiment meant to create a separate ecosphere, blocking out all other influences where the plants could grow to their true nature. But they noticed something, that the trees didn't grow straight and tall. They grew twisted and low. For the reality was, trees need wind to grow. That you and I are like trees. We need opposition to grow. We need persecution. We need torment. We need stress. We need tribulation. Joseph certainly had his tormentors. Chief among them were his brethren. They were provoked by Joseph's dreams of preeminence, by his sense of destiny. They murmured against him. They complained about him. And then they conspired to kill him. But in the end, they threw him into a pit and ultimately sold him into slavery, told their father that the one he loved was dead and gone. 
Opposition does one of two things in our lives. It makes us bitter or better. It causes us to grow more caustic, sarcastic, hard, and rude, or it forges within us a deeper strength that relies upon God, a true grit, an inner resilience that says, I will hold on because I know God is at work in my life. Successful people struggle, and they have always struggled. It's in a study entitled Cradles of Eminence. Researchers analyzed in the backgrounds of 300 highly successful people of the last century. FDR, Helen Keller, Winston Churchill, Albert Schweitzer, Clara Barton, and so on. They studied their lives. The findings? The overwhelming majority came from poverty, sickness, or broken homes. Yet each learned the value of compensating for his or her setbacks by excelling elsewhere. That in your weakness, you are made strong. This isn't just true with eminent people in this world, but also in the church. You read Hebrews 11. They were stoned. That was Zechariah's end, possibly Jeremiah. They were sawn asunder. Some say this is what happened to Isaiah. They wandered about. They were tormented. They were destitute, afflicted, slain with the sword. These are the heroes of our faith. But it was from these winds of adversity there rose power and clarity. It's true in our modern apostolic history. If you look at the pioneers of our faith, William Seymour, Charles Parham, Harvey Scher, and so forth, many had deep physical impairments. Humanity, it seems, needs something or someone trying them. We need a tormentor, if you will. We require opposition. And don't think we will ever get away from them. The name will change, but the role stays the same. There will always be someone and some ones to build grace in our lives. Three things are said about the Stradivarius violin, the most expensive violin that can be purchased and played. First, it makes the most beautiful music. And second, its beautiful music comes not only from the craftsmanship, but from the wood used to make it. Trees that clung tenaciously to mountainsides, living in adverse circumstances with the heat and the winds and the drought, but stored within the fibers of that wood was music. For born from the winds of adversity always comes some of the sweetest music. Third, if even the Stradivarius violin is left without tension on its bow, Without the stress of tightened strings, it will lose its music. For from the stress comes the song. Joseph was compared to a tree, but not just any tree. As Jacob lay dying, he prophesied over his son, this son that has been wrapped in a coat of many colors, this son who has experienced so much pain, so much adversity. Jacob, who saw angels climbing on a golden ladder at Bethel, Jacob, who saw two companies of angel at Mahanaim. Jacob, who was permitted to look into the future and make sense of it all. Hear his wisdom in these words. He's describing what he's seeing about a life of adversity. He did not just say, Joseph, you're a tree. He said, Joseph, you're a fruitful tree. The winds of adversity have transformed 
the blasting into a blessing, the cursing became a fruit. Then he repeats himself, Joseph is a fruitful tree, a fruitful tree by a spring. This is so reminiscent of the prophecies of the righteous that we will sink deep roots and tap into the hidden underground resources, the aquifer below, that we will not know when heat comes, that drought and famine will not affect us, that trouble and trial, they may blow our branches, but we have a hidden source. We have a hidden supply, a fountain in the deep that nourishes us. Jacob said, Joseph, you're a fruitful tree planted by a spring. And then he said these words, I see your branches, those fruitful branches. I see them climbing over the walls. Joseph, your life cannot be boxed in. You who were thrown into a pit, you who were thrown into a dungeon, you will always overcome. You will triumph. And the fruit of your adversity will bless many. And the boughs of your life, those branches will extend over generations to come. And what was true of Joseph is true of you and me. God is going to use this trial to bring about his testimonies. There will be songs written that will bless this generation. Souls saved, touched lives, priorities changed. Because God is at work in your life. When the winds blow, he's strengthening you. He's developing fruit that will scale the wall and bless a generation. Are winds a curse? No. Winds of adversity will bless you. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.